Welcome to the Unfuck Your Health Podcast, where we get into all things training, nutrition, mindset, and help you unfuck your health. I'm your host, Brevin Jandrew. Let's get into it. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the BFF podcast. I was just, just about to say that. <laughs> Shout out to Karina, one of our um, listeners of the episode. She had dropped a comment on one of my Instagram posts this week and said, I love the BFF episodes on the podcast. You and your team are incredible. So thank you for that, Karina. We're glad you're listening. Um, so, but no, this is actually another episode of the Coaches Roundtable, unless we are going to actually officially name it BFF. I've been trying Roundtable, to, to but... name this something different since the start, and I keep getting censored, so I am dropping out of this discussion. <laughs> you know, we are keeping this PG, okay? All that I need yeah. to be kicked off. I know. I know. Just go look at the name of your podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, with that being said, let's just dive on in here. Um, this is actually the first question I love because um, it came from Pamela. Um, and she's part of our conquer team and she had commented actually on, I recently just posted my double PRs that I've hit with powerlifting and she commented on it and she said, all right, Chase, I have some questions. How is this not hard on your body in particular, your back and your knees? Like, what does it do for you? What kind of exercise is considered? Is this considered or is it a sport? I'm not being facetious. I'm genuinely curious. Every time I see you and Brevin doing it, I'm secretly amazed, but cringing it all at the same time. I love so it. I told her, <laughs> I told her we, I would bring these up on the podcast or Brevin. And I could chat about these and answer her questions there. Cause I'm sure others are thinking the same thing as well sometimes. Um, and not just cause it's not like I'm lifting heavy weights. Obviously you know, go watch Brevin. It's a lot heavier than I am. Well, there's um, a lot of people stronger than I am. <laughs> so with that being said, Brevin, let's kind of just break these down. Like just answer them one by one. Yeah. Uh, how is it not hard on your body, in particular, your back and knees? Um, so I want to answer this in two parts. Um, number one is it actually is extremely beneficial. Lifting heavy, getting strong is is all about creating that quote unquote bulletproof body. That's how you're going to do that. Getting strong has so many benefits outside of it. Just looking really cool to lift really heavy weights um, cause that's really what it's all about is just looking as cool as you can. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but at, at the end of the day, like that's how you build a strong body. And mm-hmm. uh, my second part of it is it is a little bit hard on, on the body. It is a little bit it hard on definitely the back. Can be. Um, it is definitely taxing, <laughs> but you have to stress the body to force an adaptation. If you never stress the body enough, you're never going to force it to adapt and become stronger. And that is exactly what we're doing is we're, we're building a stronger body. Yeah. And I want to add to that because I think one thing it's important to realize is can it be bad for back and knees without good form? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. If you're doing it the wrong way. <laughs> exactly. So like, I think that's just important to have that context in there. Like we're not just going standing under the bar and just squatting it down, pick it back up. Like there's a lot more that goes into that than just, you know, the, it, it is not just an easy moment, movement you can just go do without learning and throw 500 pounds on your back. Yeah, we've spent a lot of time perfecting form and we spend so much time videoing ourselves, having coaches, having each other look at things, um, critiquing our form and and making sure that we're as perfect as we can be so we can move the weight as efficiently as possible. Um, But yeah, it really comes down to, is it hard on the body? Sure, it can be if you do it the wrong way, but it it can also build an extremely strong body. And what I like more about this than anything, and to kind of answer your next question as well with it, is it um, considered what kind of exercise is it considered or is it a sport? Um, 
it, it's a sport. Yeah. Powerlifting is a sport. It's the greatest sport in the world. It's awesome. It's fun. Uh, if you want to join the team, let's do it. Um, but no, in all honesty, <laughs> uh, it, it, yes, it is a sport, but you can recreationally do it. I have, I have clients that ne- will never compete in a powerlifting meet and go step on a platform, but they want to train to just be as strong as possible. They like training with the big three lifts, the squat bench and deadlift. Cause that's what the, the sport or powerlifting is actually composed of. Um, but the best thing about this sport or training this way, training in general and strength training is, is more of the mental aspect. If you can overcome the mental aspect, um, I was actually having a conversation with a client the, uh, yesterday while I was at the gym, shout out Anna. Um, we were talking about the anxiety that she gets when she comes up to the bar, when you have heavy weight that you're going to put on your back and try to squat. It, there is that it's that fight or flight response. You can choose to run away from it, to be scared, to let the weight beat you, to attack the bar defensively. And little tip, the bar is always going to win because it's heavy. But if you <laughs> attack the bar aggressively, you attack the bar with confidence and you start to do things and overcome things that you didn't think you could do. It translates into so many other areas of your life. And I think that's the coolest thing about doing these things is there was never a time when I was on my weight loss journey that I thought I would squat over 500 pounds or deadlift over 600 pounds. And now like I can do that stuff. So like I can do anything. Yeah. Now it's like, I want, I want more. Yeah, no, for exactly. And, and I love, you know, even, um, I know you said it and I know we've heard, um, Bryce Lewis, the owner of the strength athlete talk about a lot is, you know, almost envisioning ahead of time that you've hit the lift and approaching it with so much confidence. And like you said, offensively, like almost like, you know, you have to like channel that inner power and strength that you like, you have it in you. A lot of times it's just your mind. Like I know like for, for me, like that's one of the biggest things that gets to me all the time is, you know, I, I lift the bar off the rack and I'm like, Oh, this is really, really heavy. And I'm like, uh, duh, it's 400 pounds. It's supposed to be heavy. Well, I think <laughs> so, one of the cool things is like, and you see it in your lifting a lot is like that ability to not give up. Like if you've never seen chase hit a max <laughs> effort lift, go watch him hit a max effort lift. I've, it is very rare that you see someone grind through a lift the way he does and not give up on the bar. Generally, you see people, as soon as they hit that sticking point, they're done. This dude will grind for a full 10 seconds and lock the bar out. And it's like, what the hell? Like, I 100% did not think you were going to get that. And it's just really cool because you see that growth. When you first started doing this, it wasn't like that. But you've developed no. that mindset. You've developed that ability to push yourself past your limits. And now that translates into every other area of your life because you're like, well, if I can do that with weights – if I can do that with this objectively like meaningless thing, I can do that with stuff that actually matters in my life. I can do that with work, relationships, family, whatever it is. Like I can push past these limits. There's nothing I can't do. Yeah. And and it all comes down to, again, another great example of the mindset piece is like, you know, I, you know, before my comp, I was not touching anywhere close to the heavier weights that I was. In, and I'm speaking about like squats in particular. And even like, you know, I'm because I've never been able to like really channel that adrenaline rush that you get on meet day. Like I now know what that feels like. And, you know, as we both know, like on my meet day and even on your meet day, like what that extra adrenaline pump can do for you. And like, you're able to do some amazing things. And that's, you know, finally during this last squat session I had when I tested my doubles, I was able to push through that and really channel in that, you know, that, that adrenaline rush that I'm so used to having on meet day as well. Yeah. Well, and this is the conversation I have with a lot of my athletes because I, I work with a lot of first time power lifters and it comes down to like, you're going to have that anxiety. Your heart's start going to start racing. You're going to start sweating. You're going to be a little bit nervous and you have two options. You can channel those nerves into the bar, into something positive, or you can let the negativity take over and that's going to win. And once you can do that, 
you have this happen in so many other areas of your life. And, and I think like your ability to adapt and respond to stressors outside of the gym starts to raise and you, you have the, cause you're going to have those times in your life where you have that, that adrenaline rush, and then you can start to channel it into something positive rather than something negative. And then it becomes almost a, a secret superpower for you. Yep. Exactly. Um, so no, great question, Pamela. Um, definitely loved addressing that one. Um, and you know, I think it's something that it's just, really reiterates, you know, you know, I, I love that you brought up that, you know, you, you've worked with a lot of different clients with powerlifting, even like those who are younger, those who are older, those who are brand new into it, those who've been to it for years, years at a time. Like I've, that's the greatest thing about this sport is anyone can do it. I mean, that's what I was just meet, about to say. Powerlifting is for everyone. I mean, even at your meet, we had like the mom and daughter, you know, like the 11 year old yeah. and her mom. And I've, I've, we've been to some meets where it's like, you know, 70, 70 year old ladies out there. Some you know, of those ladies are, are some of the most badass people I've ever met. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I remember there were a couple we met, um, in Australia when we were at yeah. the world, uh, comp that were just like, you know what, in their sixties and seventies and, mm -hmm. you know, just out there lifting just as much as some of the others, um, which is incredible. Um, yeah. Yeah. I have a new client that is just, she's a, a master's lifter. So she's, uh, over 50 and she just set, uh, we're just starting to work together, uh, in August, but she just set three state records and like, is just absolutely in love with how strong she is. And she just can't wait to get more. Like literally when, when I say powerlifting is for everyone, like as long as you can pick up the, the bar on the squat bench and deadlift, you can sign up for a powerlifting meet. And it is, you, you see, like us in the gym, you see Chase with his smelling salts or you see <laughs> us like listening to our music and getting hype and all these things. But like powerlifting is the most supportive community I've ever been a part of. Like you think of it as like these big meatheads that are just strong and, and assholes, but like no one wants you to fail. Everyone wants you to do the best. Yes, everyone wants to beat you still, but they want to beat you at your best. They want to see you succeed. So like when that 11-year-old came out at, at my meet, like literally everyone stopped and was cheering her on. It was the coolest Screaming. thing in the world. Yeah, that was that was super. And I feel like it's with everybody. I mean, like yeah. anytime anyone's going for a record or even just a personal record, like, and they announced, you know, oh, this is somebody's so-and-so's personal record. Like the crowd just gets hyped. Yeah, it's awesome. Everyone there wants you. It's so supportive. It's a I mean, such a cool community. Some shows even have like fireworks and stuff going on yeah. in the background yeah. and everything else. It's just super cool. Um, and, 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 and honestly, guys, I, I do just want to, you know, put a little plug in for Brevin, you know, he is definitely building up his powerlifting team. So definitely if you're listening to this and you ever thought about like, is powerlifting for me, he's a great coach for new powerlifters as well. So definitely check him out. Thank you. Um, yeah. So next question, what we got? Kathy, what is one thing you can do to start being healthier when you have minimal time to completely commit to a healthier way of life? I absolutely love this question. I'll let you take it. I do as well. Um, you know, I think it's all going to come down to first, you need to ask yourself some questions and some tough questions, right? Like, and these are things where like, what are, what is a healthier way of life for you? What are your goals you have for yourself? And your goals then are going to lead you into determining what are your priorities and priorities is going to be the big topic of this discussion here it's because so many people are saying, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. But I can guarantee you, if you have, if something happened, like, let's say like, and I know, I know this may sound like an extreme example, but it just goes to show like, we can always make time. Let's say if you have a, a son or a daughter and they're in school and they get hurt at school and they call and say, Hey, so-and-so, you know, they fell off the playground. 
I can guarantee you, you're going to leave whatever you're doing, drop whatever you're doing and go do and go take care of your kid. Right. Of course. Cause they're, they are a priority to you. And again, I know you may be saying, well, that's my kid. I have to like, yes, like, but that is a priority to you. So ask yourself, what else is a priority to you in your life? Right. Like if you, if you if your phone breaks this week and you know, you have no phone, I can almost guarantee you, you're going to make it a priority to not only one, take the time to go to the phone store or go online and find a new stone, uh, phone. And then two, you're also going to prioritize spending the money to get another phone because it is important to you. So I think priority priorities is one of the biggest things we need to get a, a handle on first is what is a priority to you? Is it nutrition? Is it working out? And where are we going to make time for that? Yeah, 100%. I, I think that's fantastic. Show me where your money is. Show me where your time is. And I'll show you where your priorities are. Those are the two things that really dictate like what is important to you. And I think adding on to what you said, because you said everything really well is, is what is your why? What is it costing you to yeah. remain where you're at right now? And what do you get on the other side of reaching your goals? Um, and if this, if fat loss isn't a priority or, or whatever your goal is, isn't a priority to you right now in that moment, that's okay. If you're not willing to make sacrifices um, and, and sacrifices doesn't mean that it has to suck. It means that like, Hey, maybe instead of watching Netflix for three hours, when you get home, you go for a walk or you meal prep, or like, instead of, uh, going to the bar, you go to the gym, like sacrifices don't have to suck. They just like, what are you willing to give up in your life to reach a goal? And if you're not willing to do that right now, that's okay. But let's not pretend that that becomes a priority for you in that moment. Um, so I think just answering those questions, they are really tough questions. And if, again, if it's not a priority for you right now, that's okay. And if it is, then we have to answer those questions and make those changes. If nothing changes, nothing changes for you. So if yep. you're struggling and, to see results, then you have to figure out where you need to make these sacrifices or put your time or your money. Yep. And then also, to, I, I do want to kind of give a couple, you know, actual tactical pieces of advice here, you know, because you, Kathy, you were asking about like, what are some things we could start doing to be in healthier when you have minimal time? Like that is maybe it is going for a walk. Maybe it's just a five minute walk, 10 minute walk here or there in between a work meeting. Maybe it is, you know, parking in the back of the parking lot and getting more steps in to walk to the store. Uh, maybe it is prioritizing just a little bit of time each week, an hour or two hours for meal prep. Um, you know, these little tiny things you can do on the day to day that are going to make that are going to move the needle forward a lot faster Then you don't have to make a complete 180. I think like that's where a lot of people mess up is like, they think like, Oh, I have to, you know, change everything about my life. I need to go to the gym five days a week. I need to meal prep three days a week. I need to have, you know, go grocery shopping all the time. I need to do this. I need to do that. Like you don't have to do all that at once. You can do one or two little things and be massively successful. For sure. And I think we talked about it last week or a couple weeks ago. Um, at some point we've talked about it, but find your floor. Like what can you do on your worst, craziest, busiest week? Pick one thing. And I think a, a good like tactical piece of advice is, is write down all of the things, all of the habits that the person that you that you want to become that healthier, leaner, fitter version of you. What are all of the habits that that person has? Pick one and start doing it. Then once mm -hmm. you make that just part of your life, part of your, your daily habit, you can add another one and another one. And eventually you have all of those habits. Once you have all of those habits, you're going to eventually be that person. So just start with one thing at a time, work your way up, take one small step in the right direction every single day. One, And I think this is where a lot of people get confused is they think that fitness has to happen in giant leaps and bounds. 
but it's the, it's the constant stopping and starting that actually causes people to struggle. If you move, even if it's slower than you think you should be moving or want mm -hmm. to be moving, but if you move in the right direction every single day, and that could be one action, one habit every single day, well, you're eventually going to get there. It might take longer than you want to, but that's okay. There's going to be different seasons of your life where you can take longer steps or bigger steps forward. There's going to be different seasons where you have to take smaller steps forward, but the key to success is always moving in the right direction. Yep. And actually, uh, I want to add one more little thing to that. And this just came from my conversation I had with a client last night um, who she said that, you know, there's a lot of things going on this summer, um, like the fairs and, you know, different events and radios and concerts and all the things going on right now. And she's like, you know, how can I find that balance to be able to still enjoy these things? And she just started her cut a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I, you know, I had that conversation with her about like, hey, like we can participate in more of these things if you want to. But I just want you to realize that what you're sacrificing, right? Like we don't have to be super efficient and, you know, and speedy through this fat loss phase. But if you want to be that will take some sacrifice from these other events. But if you want to enjoy some of these things, that's okay. Just recognize that we might be making a little bit slower progress, but that allows you to have more fun with your social life as well. hundred percent. And, and kind of going, uh, so to the next topic. So that was the last like actual question we had or had asked to us. Um, but we decided to talk about a couple important conversations that we've had this past week with, um, clients or just different people in our communities. And I want to start out with, uh, this one kind of bounces off what we just talked about. Um, I had a conversation with the client this past week and we, he told me that he doesn't think he's putting time or effort or priority into himself. He's just kind of on autopilot and he's just not making himself a priority. Um, so the conversation we had there, um, was exactly what we just talked about. So that, that's kind of the real life. Those are the exact steps that we went through. Those are the exact things we talked about. But one other important thing that me and him had a discussion about was the fear of failure. And I, I think that is uh, the the main thing that's holding him back right now was he's afraid to try because what if he tries? What if he gives a good effort and he still fails? He's struggled over and over again in the past and he's just been conditioned to fail. He's been conditioned to not see the progress he wants to. So he thinks that no matter what he does, if he if he tries and he really tries this time, because when we first started working together, this was kind of like his last thing. He's tried everything else before, and it was like, I'm not putting in the effort that I need to see actual results. And it's because, not because he doesn't care, not because he doesn't want to create results, but because he's afraid that if he does try and he fails, there's nothing else left. So if he just doesn't try, he doesn't have to go through that failure. He doesn't have to feel that way. It's just easier than not trying at all. Um, so that's kind of the conversation we had. And again, if nothing changes, nothing changes. You have to put a little bit of faith into number one, yourself. You have to believe in yourself that you can do it. Um, you have to believe that you are capable of these things right now. He, he's constantly telling himself that he's not capable of it. His identity is not aligning with the changes he's trying to make. So the very first thing we started to do was, was create some identity change with him, create some awareness around where his current identity is, where his identity needs to be to make this shift, and then starting to take small actions to reinforce that identity. Um, we also talked about belief in the program, um, belief in, mm -hmm. in, in what we're doing. Um, we, we give specific reasons, and I know you do this as well. There's specific stages we go through with each client. There's specific steps we take with each client to create success and detailing those out. And like, like uh, our mentor has told us before, education drives compliance. So I, I've been spending time educating him on why we're doing what we're doing, how we're doing it, how it works. 
and he's starting to create results. Yep. That's awesome. I had, I had another client bring up this week um, about she, we were talking and she, and she's been absolutely crushing it. And I know she listens to the podcast. So, um, but I won't, I, we're not calling out names when we're going through these topics here, but um, you know, she had mentioned to me a statement that I, you know, definitely clarified with her and, um, and we actually had Susan Niebergall coming in our group a little, a couple weeks ago, and we talked a little bit about this, but she made a statement about, she said that she wanted to start getting back into weightlifting and, but she's like, but I feel like it's just too late. Like why even bother with it? And I was trying to ensure her like one, like there is never too late of a time. Like you can do, you can start this when you are 12 or you can start this when you are, you know, 80, 90. Like if you can lift up a weight of, or a, use a resistance band, like you can strength train. Um, and so I think this is so important to realize like, yes, you may feel like it's too late, but the thing is just imagine what progress you can make in three months, six months, 12 months, you know, three years from now, like even if you are 40 or 50 or 60, like where will you be at when you're 80 if you haven't done a single thing? Or what if you would have put in that 10, 20, 30 years of strength training until then? And and we're not looking to, you know, I think sometimes people think about like, oh, I well, I don't, I don't want to get bulky or oh, I don't want to, I don't want to lift really heavy. I don't, you know, I'm not looking to power lift. I'm not looking to step on a bodybuilding stage. No, but you're you're training so you can get off the toilet when you're 90 years old without pressing life alert. Like, like that's why we're training right now. So like actually make this a priority for yourself and realize like you're setting yourself up for success. And there's actually been proof in studies showing that people have, um, you know, they're able to live longer. There's less mortality for those who are strength training because they are stronger. And, you know, people like, you know, we look at like falls, like the older population, there are studies that show a lot of times that one of the leading causes of death are falls. And a lot of that happens from balance, coordination, strength, and things like that. So all of this is not so you can look good. I mean, sure, that may be a benefit, but it's so you can actually live a better and healthier life moving forward. I think the number one reason to strength train is to be the coolest and strongest person in the nursing home. So, <laughs> no, but think about it this way. Um, the best Actually, time- just say out of the nursing home. <laughs> yeah. The best time to start investing your money and saving your money is probably when you were five or six and you got your first allowance. Yeah. But you didn't do that. And nope. <laughs> <laughs> so you have two options. You can start now or you can always wallow in the fact that like I could have more money. I could be further along and then just not save anything. And when you're 80, you're still working. Or you yeah. could just start today and save up money. And maybe you don't have as much as if you start investing at five years old, but you would still have a very significant amount of money at that point. So you're just about the best time to start was 10 years ago. The next best time, because that's impossible to start right now. Absolutely. Strength training is for everyone. Like we just talked about, like you said, you don't have to step on a bodybuilding stage or, or on a powerlifting platform. That would be super cool if you stepped on a powerlifting platform. But um, there's so many health benefits to building strength, to building muscle, even outside of body composition. Like you said, now who doesn't want to look jacked, strong and cool, but that's beside the point. There are so many health benefits. Um, uh, there's 20, 30 different health benefits that you can have just by increasing your muscle mass, by getting stronger. It's going to improve your quality of life. Start now. It's never too late. Absolutely. Just like Susan Niebergall's book. Is that Fit what it's at called? Any age. Okay. Fit, uh, it, okay. It's called, well, it's, it's called fit at any age. It's never too late. I love that. So, yep. Awesome. Um, so next up, uh, I've had a client who I've been talking with 
and she has been struggling with social pressure, feeling like um, she has to go out with her friends. When she goes out with her friends, they like to go out and drink or go out to eat or while they are out um, doing something, there's just that social pressure to do what everyone else is doing and maybe have that food, that free food that's out, almost even feeling like uh, you have to take advantage of what's in front of you of like, oh, hey, I I've been presented with this free food. Like I might as well get my money's worth of it of like, I might as well get everything out of this and like have some of this free food. And like, I think yes to a point, but I also think there's, there's again, sacrifice, effort, where are you willing to make these changes at? Where are you willing to do these things? The only person that's affected by your choices to eat, drink, go out, do anything is you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I think it's something that, you know, and you have to take ownership on. Yeah, you know, I think ownership is extremely well. important. And and this is something, you know, um, actually, I have around the same conversation with one of my clients this past week about, you know, this, this kind of same situation. He's been, you know, going out and, you know, having a great time with like, you know, family, friends or whatever it may be, or, you know, um, and when he's having these events, it's finding so it's like oh I'm around all this food and even if it's food that he's purchasing but like it's like you know everyone else is eating everyone else is drinking so I want to kind of fit in with them and or maybe it's just like some social anxieties or social pressures that are around him at that moment so it's rather than trying to deal with like the root cause of like what's what's causing all of that it's easier just to kind of like numb that emotion a little bit in the moment and just you know have something you know. It's almost like a nervous habit, almost basically, where it's like I'm just gonna hit, sit here and eat some chips or eat some like um you know drink, have a drink in my hand and just constantly sip on the drink a little bit just to have something to kind of like almost distract you from what's actually going on in the moment. For sure, and I've I've had a, a conversation with a client that kind of was around the same topic as well, and it was about like people bringing uh food into work, yeah, and like that's because they're bringing in pizza or cake or cookies for like a birthday party or something. And my advice to this person was you can have the food. And this is, this was my definition of food freedom to her is food freedom is the ability to say yes to this food, but it's also knowing that you don't have to say yes. It's knowing that you have the ability to say no, that you are not controlled by the food in those situations that you have control over your choices. That is what food freedom is. So I told her that, if you want that food, if, for example, someone brings in pizza to the office and you're like, God, pizza is my absolute favorite food, then that's probably a hell yes food to you. But if someone brings in cupcakes and you're like, oh, you know, I really don't even like frosting that much. Like, I'm just not a huge cake person, like whatever. Then that's probably not a hell yes food to you. That's a hell no. So like if it's not a hell yes, then you don't need to have it. But the cool thing is, is you know you have the ability to say yes. You're choosing to say no because you're taking ownership of your fitness journey. You're taking ownership over what you're doing. That is showing your effort and your sacrifice to your goals. Now, if you want it, great. Have some of it. Take it, grab a piece, put it on a plate, walk away, and thoroughly enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And and. Take the time to enjoy the food that you had that you wanted, your hell yes food, and then go back, work the rest of your day around it, get back on track, and you're good. If you yes. don't want that, awesome. It's not worth the effort or the sacrifice to work the rest of your meals around it, to change things up or do anything. Cool. Then it's just not worth it to you. And there's some times where even your hell yes food, you're like, you know what? Honestly, I just, I don't care. Like, I don't want to work. I know I've dealt with this before of like, 
you know what, like this sounds good, but I just, I don't care to take the effort or the time or the sacrifice to work it into my day. It's just not worth it to me today. Like, I don't, I don't mm -hmm. want it, but I have, I know I have the ability to say yes to it. If I really, really want it, that is food freedom. Absolutely. Mic drop. <laughs> and then, then uh, I mean, that's like, we always say like, right. Like it's, you know, if nothing changes, nothing changes. And we, at some point it's like, when is enough enough? And when are we going to start taking that small action and whether it is just a small change here or there, but also like sometimes the changes have to be a little bit bigger as well. I feel like sometimes like, like I, I I'm all for it. I know something we, we just talked about making small changes and I, and I agree with that, but sometimes like when you're out of the small changes and those things aren't working, like that leads to have to make some bigger sacrifices here and there. And those may not be always comfortable, but it all goes back to why are you doing this? Is it important to you? If so, why? And what are you willing to sacrifice in order to make those necessary changes? Yeah. What is it costing you to remain stuck where you're at, to feel the way that you feel, to look the way that you look, to perform, function the way that you do? And what do you get on the other side of never feeling that way again? I think those are super important questions. Your why is so underrated. Um, and one other thing I want to put before uh, I stop talking is uh, – I think that we make so many of these, um, and I, this is a societal problem, and I don't even know if I'd necessarily call it a problem, but in our society, in, in Western Americanized civilization, everything is about food. Yeah. Food is the centerpiece of every single thing, and that's okay, but especially if you're struggling, if you're on a fat loss journey and you want to to lose weight, why well, don't we take these from food centered events to let's take, let's make it about the company or the event. You can still have the food, but it's not about the food. The food is just there. You can make it about the family you're with, the friends that you're with, the time that you're spending, the event that you're at, make it about that, not about the food. And then the food doesn't have control over you, but you make it about like, I go to these events for the food or like, it, we even make sports around food. Like how many times have you asked, well, what do you bring to the Super Bowl party? And you don't even like football. Like mm -hmm. th that's about the food, not about the event. Like let's make it more about the events and more about the company and the time that we're spending and less about the food. You can still have the food, but that's not all it's about. Absolutely. Well, man, let's wrap this one up for, I think we're probably close to 30 minutes or so, maybe over. I don't know. You talked a lot. I think we're today. a little over. Just kidding. I did. I did. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, no, this is a great episode, guys. Uh, we are always looking for more questions. If you have anything at all, feel free to submit that question. You can either message one of us or you can even drop it in the link down in the show notes. Um, if there's ever anything that we talk about on the episode that you want more clarification on, feel free to message either of us. Um, I know both of us put each other's social media links down in the show notes. So if anything comes up, you can always reach out to either of us. We're more than happy to answer those. But you guys have a fantastic day. Talk to you later. As always, I want to thank you for listening to the Unfuck Your Health podcast. If you enjoy the show and find it helpful, I'd love if you would share it on your story so I can thank you for listening and leave a five-star rating review to help the podcast grow and allow me to impact more lives. As always, feel free to reach out with any questions or anything and anyone that you want to see on the show. Thanks again for listening to the Unfuck Your Health podcast.